This Pit Boss Podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Molly's Place Sporting Goods. Easily found on Route 213 in Kennedyville on Maryland's Upper Eastern Shore. The hard-to-find guns, the ammunition that's non-existent today, Molly's has you covered. Plus, much, much more. Molly's is your one-stop destination with Molly's Restaurant, Molly's Mart, and Molly's Place Sporting Goods. Visit them online at mymollys.com. M-Y-M-O-L-L-Y-S.com. Fuel your adventure at Molly's. Five, four, three, two, one. Quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. And we are live. A very happy Friday to you. You know what? Let me um let me just readjust this a little bit here. I should have had this done prior. Oh my goodness. Hopefully I I won't cuss too much here. Oh. I'm going to shut this thing down because I am going to cuss. <laughs> I will be right back. Ooh, uh, all right. I think my meltdown was averted, quite possibly. Let me adjust this audio just a little bit there. It's got a little funny. There we go. So uh, meltdown averted. The wind is howling. And I'm going to say a very happy Friday afternoon to you. This might help me a little bit. Hmm. My ground black salute. I was going to do Weller 12, and I neat Weller 12. And I jumped in with both hands on the Crown Royal Black on only the best IPIA ice. So I got that going for me. I got the ride dog at my feet. She wants to play ball. Fetch it up if you want the ball. Fetch. They've been fed, so they're they're in good go. All right, enough. This is going to be difficult with me. Um, I may have to take a phone call, and I will stop this for that phone call. Um, loan company for PBHQ. It's very important. We need to get that in the works. I had a little conference call this morning. I interrupted Karen at work, and uh, I'm excited. I really am excited. It is flowing through me. And I'm going to thank you for tuning in. This would be podcast, oh man, I guess I should have checked that earlier, 31. I think Jeff Wood was 30, so I'm going to call this 31 podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what? I could probably pull it up on my phone real quick and, and see, because I am going to go to my phone uh, for to start. So factually, I can be 100%. Percent, what, what is it? What words am I even coming out of my mouth? Percent, percent, so I can be one hundred percent accurate. Oh, let's see, man. Okay, yep. Jeff was thirty, so this is podcast thirty-one. I'll get my act together. Thank you for tuning in. It is flowing through me this afternoon. Who had big line of storms come through? We did not get any snow out of it. Uh, I was just checking. Uh, texting with G off, he said that, and I saw this. They had some kind of flash freeze warning. 
where he said he walked in the store. It was basically almost 50 degrees Fahrenheit, and he came out, and it was pushing 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And we've, we've had a big temperature drop, 57 here in the dark this morning, and I think it's about 46, 45 right now. So, yeah. I want to... If you're listening to this, again, thank you very much. Please take advantage of this. There's gonna, You've got at least a good strong two weeks still. It is the K2 Cooler 20-Quart Summit Fin City Brew Company Pit Boss Brown Giveaway. Simple and easy, easy and simple. Jump on my Instagram account, at Pit Boss Waterfowl. Uh, scroll down a couple. I'm going to repost it up anyway, but just find, find the Pit Boss Brown Beer. You must be 21 years of age, and please drink responsibly to enter this contest. But uh, it's a nice little giveaway. Uh, the cooler is really cool. K2 did an awesome job. Put uh, Fin City's logo in a in a, kind of a, a what would you call it deck mat pad that goes on the top. And I'm even going to throw a couple things in there, some pit ball swag. So simple and easy, easy and simple. Just get on there. Make sure you follow K2 Coolers. Make sure you follow Fin City Brew, and make sure you're following me, Pitballs Waterfowl, and tag five of your best friends. So that's simple and easy to do. What else is in there? I think it's about it. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it with Jeff or not, and I can't remember the timeline just because of my mind. But somewhere in between here, possibly between Jeff's and today, I did do – Union 0430 Punisher Waterfowl Podcast. Check them out on all the streaming platforms as well as YouTube. And I think that is all my business that I want to talk about. But yeah, it's flowing through me. When I say that, I kind of mean like it from an energy standpoint. I must like get a high off of it. Just kind of feel, whew, I feel energized and and um, not stressed, not uh, no, no stress or anxiety involved. There's actually a really good feeling. I'll talk hearing that quite often. She asked me how my day's going. Something good's happened, and it just—I said, man, it's flowing through me. So, hey, one thing too, if you're interested in sea duck hunting, I've got about—you know—I counted them up for Karen. I can't remember. I'll say 22 days in the 2022, 23. Not special sea duck season anymore, and just the regular Maryland duck season. We're going to target sea ducks. So I got that going on. If anyone has an interest, we appreciate you wanting to join us in the world's largest duck boat. Steve Hoover, thinking of you, we are. All right, so, and man, somebody, somebody can beat me over the head because this, I, I, okay, it is flowing through me. I love Instagram. I love social media. I love Instagram. My biggest bitch beef complaint with Instagram is that the messages are not they're not user friendly for me not like on my phone text messages or email they're just not user friendly first off obviously people quite often aren't using their real name so my example always is uh, duck slayer one two three uh, I don't really can't remember who that person's name is versus and you could say hey Jeff you use pitboss waterfowl but yeah but in my mind and I'm justifying it I'm not trying to be a hypocrite but in my mind, Pitboss Waterfowl does say who I am. Duck Slayer123, that doesn't really tell me who you are. But, so I'm going to apologize to whomever suggested this to me 
but I got a message on Instagram, and I think they listened to Podcast 26 it was. I know they listened, but I think it was Podcast 26. And his suggestion was, why don't I talk about Coot, explain Coot, um, some of my memorable memories of Coot. And um, I thought, yeah, man, that's a great idea. Uh, actually, I've got, I'm sitting here in the makeshift pit bus, pit bus, <laughs> Pit boys, pit boss war room, pit boss war room, um, kind of in the dining room between the kitchen and the living room. And I can see there's two, actually two, Brian Vavra, Brian Varva, excuse me, I always joke around about that. Brian Vavra from uh, Orlando, Florida, did me two paintings of Coot and they're on the walls here. So I can, I'm seeing her right now. Before we painted, we did have a long line of photos of many of the dogs which coot was included and their ashes were all on top of the mantle in the fireplace and currently uh sadly I don't, we just need a better place to display them and there will be once we're settled at pbhq um all the dogs ashes and a little bit of a uh, what would you call it? a memorial of them uh generally i mean i'm gonna go off on a tangent nobody's here to reel me back in so Generally, typically, we've always gotten the paw print done, and, and I know, you know, Karen. In, under Karen's watch, she definitely made sure we got that done. Clipped a little bit of hair off of them. Hopefully, I won't get too sad here when I'm talking about this, but I do really recall the last time with Booger that he was the he was the last lab we put down that I really wanted. Um, I loved the hair on the end of his tail, and that that was the hair that I wanted. So she's got a nice little bag with her ashes, with their paw print. With their names on it, and um, yeah, they're not currently displayed, but generally, you know, they would have been up. We just haven't put holes in the wall, and we got sidetracked that we're not going to be here. So, have not hung up, rehung everyone's photos. But so let's just go through real quick. All my dogs started off with a chocolate lab female. My very first lab I ever had. Um, you know. We talked to Karen and I were talking about this the other day. You know, kind of your uh, backyard breeding, if you will. Very nice dog, but yeah. Nothing wrong with her at all, but definitely a backyard breeding. And we, her name was Rocky. She was my introduction to labs. So, But the more that I started gunning, I hadn't... Yes, I had guided. I'm thinking the timeline. Yes, I had started to guide. But I was not using a dog, and I just thought, man, you know, I, I need I need to complete the trifecta of my guiding, which I don't really know what the three parts are, but I'm just using that to be silly. To uh, complete my guiding, I need to have a dog, man. Like, that's, that's what I need. I need a dog to retrieve birds, especially in the beginning. I wasn't – I was sea duck hunting, but I was doing other – some marsh hunting, some – some some temper – some September teal, I will slow down. Some September teal. And, you know, just a dog would, was going to make this much easier. Uh, I did take Rocky on the very first snow goose hunts into Bombay Hook. And super awesome animal. N- nothing, no smack up against her. She'd retrieve my hat for me if it, if it blew away in a field. But she wasn't going to really retrieve a snow goose. So I needed an animal a dog to do that for me. So I truly can't remember. 
Roy Scahill, if you're listening to this, Sarge, please refresh my memory. Man, my sincerely, guys, look. Have, is there crown royal black on my tongue? Yes, but I'm, I'm not really. I need to just really just slow down. The words are not coming out of my mouth correctly. I, you know, I have an issue with that anyway. But yeah, okay. Roy Scahill, Sarge. If you can refresh my memory, please. I, I just butchered refresh again. If you can refresh my memory, please tell me. I just don't know how how Roy and I got put together, or whom put us together that Roy had just had a litter of puppies. I can't remember. That's, I just can't remember. But, Duck Dog, Jim Hansel, was into dog training, and I know I reached out to Jim, because whoever got me with Roy, Roy started telling me, FC, AFC, Master Hunter, qualified all age, and like I, I had no. It was he could have been talking Spanish to me because I, the stuff that he was telling me meant nothing to me. It truly didn't. wasn't That wasn't my world. I didn't know. So I reached out to someone, and this is a anyone younger, please use all available knowledge that is in your life, and I did. I reached out to Jim Hansel. At the time, at Pennsylvania State Trooper, Jim now resides uh, outside Houston, Texas. But I talked to Jim, and I said, "Jim, man, like you know, looking at getting this dog, and you're—I will say his dog's name was Drake. You know, I know Drake's. You've trained Drake. You know, you, dogs are your world. Dogs are not my world. Can you tell me about this?" So the more we talked, I guess Coot's mom, Roy, owned. The name Twin Pines Ebony Nightmare Spook was her name, and Jim Seibel, which was Jim Hansel's friend, actually trained Spook. And the more we talked, Jim was like, "Wait a second, I, I, I've been around that dog," and he says, "I, I you know, I, I've been around her, and I know she's like a rooster tail of grass when you send her." And and that's I was wanting an energy dog. I'm going to I'm going to sidetrack for a second. And this is this is you know the, the Jeff Coach version so this does not mean that this is gospel, but it's gospel to me and Karen been around me, Karen knows this to be true. If you want an energy dog, you need to get an American field bred dog. They may not make the best house pets because they are full of energy and they want to bounce off the walls if they are not run daily. Um, if you're looking for more of that middle of the road, if you could find a you want a, a dog. Oh, that was good. They 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 dumped my my crazy geese were about to go off. Uh, if you want to find a middle of the road retriever, if you can find that that kind of that English American breeding, you know a good mix of that. And if you just want a really nice house dog that possibly could retrieve a couple times for you you get that you get that english dog that's my opinion not judging just saying that's my opinion we all have opinions right so i didn't truly understand what i was getting into or what i was getting but jim under jim hansel's um, advice or at least his his input you know i was all about I was all about 
get, you know, meeting Roy Scahill, driving out to uh, Mount Airy. Yeah, Mount Airy, uh, just outside Frederick, Maryland. Right now, I'm going to go to my phone. So, Roy Scahill Jr., Sarge, a.k.a. Sarge. Coot, she was a black female. And this says the whelping date was March 26, 2001. And I know I went out there. I know Molly went out. My daughter Molly went out with me. And we we have. I still got the to this day. Still had the. I was able old. Uh, you know, film, film pictures that we upload or scan. Got them on upline online upline. Oh my goodness, man! I am having just a tremendous time time talking today. I'm excited. That's why. Um. Yeah. So Coot was bred. Whelped, no, not bred. She was whelped March 26, 2001. Her sire was FCAFC Dr. Feelgood. And like I said before, her mother was Twin Pines Ebony Nightmare, Spook. And Dr. Feelgood's name call was Doc. The interesting side note on Dr. Feelgood, he was one of, as I recall, seven litter mates. Well, he was one of had he's one of seven, so he had six litter mates, males and females, and out of his litter, there was only one dog that was kind of a dud as far as he, uh, field trials go. Um, and his the his breeding was it's two time national amateur field t- champion, two time Canadian national amateur field champion, field champion, Canadian field champion, Evan Stars, Lean Mac, and Doctor Feelgood's mother. So these are Coots grandfather and grandmother was 1998 national amateur field champion and field champion (laughs) i still can't speak (laughs) hattie mcbun (laughs) so the side note to all this is dr feelgood's sibling litter mate brother was high tech fc afc high tech ceo they called him gates well i didn't even get through all my dogs i mean my Oh my goodness, I got to rewind a second. But anyway, we're going to go with this is that Gates, Dr. Feelgood, brother, was Diamond's father. So, so let me let me rewind a second cuz this is kind of this is kind of I think deteriorating a little bit. All my dogs. So, Chocolate Lab, that's how I got into this. Chocolate Lab female Rocky. Then I brought up Black female Coot. The next dog, Black female Diamond. Diamond and Coot were first cousins because their fathers were littermates. Dr. Feelgood and high-tech CEO Gates. So they were first cousins. From there, the poacher dog comes along. Poacher dog was the breeding of Hank McNeil out of New Jersey. Um, <laughs> the, the joke always is, is that you know she, she wasn't inbred, but she was, she was line bred. Um, I always like to tell my mother, my mother never understood this, that, um, how, how did I tell her? Um, poacher's father was poacher's mother's father. No. Anyway, this is deteriorating. I'm sorry. My apologies for podcast 30, but anyway, poacher was line bred, super nice little dog. Um, so rewind. Uh, Rocky was was you know not that energetic. She was a little like me, a little on the heavy side. Uh, Coot was had some nice confirmation to her. Um, 
you know, like a 72 pound black female, muscular. Um, everybody says their dogs are muscular, but you know, I could say Rocky was muscular at a hundred pounds, but she wasn't, um, Coot was Coot trained daily. She was, she was fit hardcore. Diamond was a big, and I've got one picture. I don't see the picture cause it's not up, but I have one picture of her, uh, in Donald Hughes's episode 29, Donald Hughes's goose field. It's sun was setting in the afternoon her big old chest man she's just a handsome female she was she was a stereotypical coot kind of had some confirmation to her so she you know she's definitely american but she had a little maybe she had looks of that she should that she could maybe have some she had her confirmation was good diamond was straight up american dog long-legged long-muzzled and diamond like literally was a a skinny dog at 80 pounds she was she was a tall, long, skinny eighty pound. When I say skinny, I'm, I'm telling you, she really did not have fat on her. Truthfully, um, handsome, handsome female. And then Poacher, <laughs> my mom had her for a while and got her up to about eighty pounds. But Poacher, in her fighting weight, was like fifty, fifty four, fifty five pounds. She was just a little ball of energy. Um, both. I'm not going to get sidetracked here. Both. Well, I'll keep going. I'll keep going because I was going to talk about gunning. So. I bred Coot twice, and I kept a male. I bred Coot twice to Sally's Power Drive, Jenny Grassi's dog from New Jersey. Um, drive her FC AFC Drive was uh, had a hundred point hundred all age points. Man, he looked he was a he was a handsome handsome looking dog. Um, got to be around him quite a bit. Ed Forey trained Drive, and I was around. I got to tr- I had the pleasure of. And actually, what would you call it? The um, luxury, um, the fortune, fortune-tude. <laughs> I'm making up words. <laughs> Maybe I need some more crown. Anyway, Ed was very kind and let me throw birds for him. I did work. I did throw birds for him, and then I got to run my guys. So I always got to sit, when I was out in the field. Got to I could tell who Drive was when he came out. Drive was just a nice dog. Um, it was a nice dog. He makes me think of Booger, and I miss Booger. Um, so, kept Booger. I was not the first litter. I wanted – my goal was to have – to actually keep a great-granddaughter. No, to keep a granddaughter of Coots. That's what I wanted. I wanted a granddaughter of Coots. So, we needed some females. Coot needed a daughter. Well, her first litter – how did it work? It was a litter of eight, and there was only two females. One of the very, very sadly, one of the females died about a week into week into the deal. Well, we named her Hannah for Susquehanna, Susquehanna River. She's buried at uh, fifteen twenty two South View Road. Um, and then the other female, actually, you know what? There's three females. Excuse me, I'll strike that. Two survived. Three did not. Um, one female went to Jenny Grassy, and I truly have lost contact. Went to be a gun dog, and I lost contact with that dog. And then the other dog went to a local, um, more of a local local family, and they had her spayed. So did did not really have a chance out of the first litter. And I was not going to keep any dogs. And my goodness, Booger, the Booger dog, he attached himself to me. He was always staying, like let all the pups out of the house. He was always with me. He was the first to be with me. And like he just freaking grew on me. And he, he was he was a handsome male. He looked just like Drive. 
and um, had you could tell he was from Coot, but he, he looked like Drive. And, and man, Booger was just the nicest, nicest of dogs. I force fetched him, trained him, but because of running and guiding with Coot and Diamond, Booger just didn't get that many reps. I'm all over the place. Booger is the the shark incident dog, which maybe I'll talk about that later on, or you know, leave a <laughs> leave a comment in the questions below, and I'll try to address the the shark the shark incident. Because if I start talking about that, I'm I'm going to totally lose track of what I'm talking about. So Booger, super nice dog. About two years later, I bred. We did a repeat breeding. Um, the first breeding was a natural breeding. Drive was alive. Two years later, he was not. Fortunately, I had stomach cancer. Drive was not, and I was fortunate to have, I think, believe it was the last uh, frozen semen that, that was from him. I was really nervous about it. wanted to make sure to, you know, had a really good success ratio with puppies, and I actually had it surgically implanted into Coot. Uh, we, from Hartford County, drove up, uh, I think it was just south of Reading, Pennsylvania. They were the gurus of breeding, and got to say man that was it was it was a, the frozen was better than the live and she had 10 puppies and this was a nice mix of females and males so i did keep a puppy out of this one and that was the bristol dog so rye was i'm sorry not rye although she just looked at me rocky ours rocky was chocolate coot was black female rocky chocolate female coot black female diamond black female poacher black female Booger, black male, and Bristol, a black female, and current day, uh, you know, Richard Barnes would tell you they're all related, but not really that closely related to any any other dogs I've had. We got Pit Boss's salty black rye. So she is the last, I can't say the last, but she's the most current of of labs. So all right, I've been rambling. Let me try to dial this in. Coot, to me, Coot was a bad-ass sea duck hunting machine. Um, had some great, great times with her. We trained daily. Once once I got into training, Richard Barnes, Scott Moody got me up with Richard Barnes. Richard Barnes to Ed Forey, Alex Abraham. I have some really good memories of training dogs. Uh, Coot, if she didn't, I know coulda, shoulda, woulda, but if she would have honored a little bit better, she would have been, she would have been a twenty-three month old master AKC master hunter title. Uh, took us twenty-six months. There's some stories in there. <laughs> Maybe some I shouldn't tell. Uh, don't want to get anybody in trouble. Just more of how the how judging worked. Um, and she would do that. She would do the work. Bam, bam, bam. Looked like a superstar, and she just wouldn't. She was. She was. She was steady. She did not like to honor. And if you don't know what an honor is, um, quite often after Coot just got all her marks, we would go off to the side. I'd tell her sit, and work. The next dog came up and got to see the marks and ran. And you know, Coot was supposed to allow that dog to do the work, and we were dismissed, and we would go off to the side. Well. Quite often, Coot was in the water before the other dog was in the water on the water marks. And usually, when they honor, they do it on water. It seems like I think sometimes on land, but um, quite often on water. But I can remember one of her last, and it, I don't know that she would have been Albany, New York, four-hour drive up. 
a one-day master. There's only 25 dogs. She was the last dog to run. Man, she looked like a superstar. Did the, you know, landmarks, combination series. Did the She did the watermarks. Now she's got an honor. And, man, I, I literally cried as a good as a good two-hour drive before I got tired and we, we pulled off. Um, Diamond was there with us for sure, too. I would have had a topper on my truck then. Uh, but, you know, it would have had them up in the cab, especially when uh, when I stopped to sleep. But had some great times, Master Hunter. Uh, a regret in there is I had her young. She was qualified to go to the Master Nationals. Uh, quite often I followed Sue Shaw around. Sue Shaw helped me quite a bit with the, with the dog training, especially going to hunt tests. Nice to have, nice to have friends when you go to hunt tests. And that year, I can't remember. It was Midwest somewhere, but it's, it's cycled around, cycled around, cycled around. And she probably would have been about eight years old now. And it cycled at the, the East coast. and It was going to be in Maryland. And I, that's a regret that I didn't get her qualified and go over and do it. My sort of my excuses it's in October and I, I was guiding too. So kind of, I don't know the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. I definitely have a, a, you know, a little bit of regret. Well, 50%, a little more than a little 50% regret that I did not make the effort to qualify her and, and have her run that Master National that was basically in my backyard. But duck season was on. Speaking of duck season, I got coot qualified all age at a, at a field trial during duck season. Alex Abraham even said, Jeff, why are you entered? You haven't, you haven't trained at all. I was like, I don't know, just because it's here. You know, I just want to, I just want to go enter. And entered the qualifying stake, and, and we got her qualified all age. So, Coop was a 26-month-old master hunter. She was qualified all age in AKC field trials. And, and again, to my definition, she was a bad-ass gun dog, especially for open-water sea duck boat boat gunning. I'll tell you this, man. You put her in a field for geese, put her in a blind, she looked, she embarrassed me <laughs> quite often. We, we filmed quite a bit. I can remember some some trips in Canada in uh, Saskatchewan no excuse me in Manitoba that actually I went to the went back to the truck and I got Diamond out and Diamond was was the goose dog uh, but but Diamond Coot and Diamond man daily I, I used especially early on when Coot was younger Diamond was a little bit younger than Coot but when early early on you know like the first three seasons uh, Coot was definitely my, my main go-to dog and then as uh, Diamond got older another whole story she was three-legged she had four legs, but she ran around on three. That's how we got her. I actually got her for, for my mom as a pet. Uh, we had a 32-inch snowstorm when the snow melted. Diamond's four-legged again. So, But um, as Diamond got older, we got her in the program, got her trained. Um, you know, I kind of did them maybe every other day. They definitely all would ride with me. But um, as far as getting in the boat, I kind of went every other day with, with, uh, with Coot and Diamond. Yes, trained daily. I enjoyed training. It was just a different life then. And, you know, Karen often questions me. Karen knew me. I would I would take, basically, she would say, Mr. Coates is coming in the office, and I would bring in five black labs at one time. Because <laughs> that's how many we had at one time. Or I had, I should say, we. My mom was kind of in charge of, of some of them here and there for me. But, uh, yeah, I would go. I would go to Hickory Vet with five black labs and so i've known karen forever um uh, shoot 
when we first met, I, I, I would say we probably knew each other, knew of each other for 12 years. And, you know, we're pushing 20 years knowing each other and being together. Here's a little side note, a memory of Coot and Diamond. Excuse me, Coot and Karen. Coot had Coot was prone to like yeast infections in her ears. And she was her ears were dirty ears. And one of the times going in, probably the first time that I was actually really kind of like, you know, I won't say face to yeah, face to face in in close closed proximity to Karen. I, d- I definitely remember that it was in the old office. Karen, if you're listening to this, it was in the old office, the old house office. The new building wasn't up yet. Maybe the new building was up, and the new building was like the pet, this pet store with the aquariums and all that kind of stuff, which later became the, the new modern hospital. But, yeah, that's a memory of Coot. Um, I just remember Coot being – Coot was – she was my dog. She was all business. She loved to chew. <laughs> Russ. In Virginia, um, I don't, I, anyway, Russ would get on me. He was a dog trainer, a few years older than me. And if there was nothing, if you if you shot, especially early on when Coot was young, if you shot and there was nothing else to retrieve, Coot wanted to go jump in and, and bring back shotgun shells to you. That's that's just you know she wanted she always wanted to go, and or she would jump down in the boat because she she you know her her hideout her hangout. Not really hot out, but definitely her hangout, her place was, you know, in the rear motor well of any of the boats, the 17 TDB, the 21 Banks, the 25 Banks. That was her spot back there. And Diamond's too. Um, Diamond not so much in the 17 TDB, but uh, the 21 and the 25. So then she'd jump down a boat, she'd chew shells, and actually uh, one little mantle-type uh, display I have. And this guy's... I'm just gonna set my phone to the side. This is about the loan. He's, it's it's their problem. I'm loading up PDFs to their system, and their system says that they are having a problem. I've taken screenshots of it. I've circled it in red. And I've said, hey, you know, I'm trying. I've done everything you can. I've done everything you've asked of me. Everything I can do, except I can't get this last form up to you. So, and he just repeated that he needed it. So, I guess maybe he's busy. So, she would shoe shells, and my limited little call display that I have, I've got a few, a few chewed up shells from Coot. Um, she she was all business. I can remember Rex Bell is not with us. I'll call him a good dog friend. Rex and Jeff Brown were down. They shot sea ducks out of the 17 TDB, as I recall. Coot stayed in my truck. The boat's backed in. <laughs> trailers backed into the water to pick up the boat I don't know what Rex did to her Rex reached in my truck and she drew, drew some blood on him so <coughs> excuse me Coot did have a little twin pine Roy Scahill you can finish the you can say the last word she, she did have a little twin pine in her and I, I was worried about that and I, I remember asking Ed Forey about you know about that she he's he's like man she's she's a lab she's a lab she'll look you to death she's got a little alpha in her and that's that's what she was about and um justin tackett water dog tv the old yellow dog yellow left and i can remember justin saying you know what i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna find that footage i'm gonna put that up on 
I'll put it up on Instagram or YouTube. At the very end, it was a three-day hunt. At the very end, I think he was kind of I don't Justin. You were not pleased. I I know I remember, but you know he said that Yella's leaving with a few more bumps and scars than she entered Maryland with. So yeah, it's just female dogs, right? Male dogs kind of bite each other and it's over. You know, females kind of want to fight to the I won't say the death, but they want to fight a little longer than what a male dog might. So Coot did have that in her. And I was very conscious of that, but uh, never, no family members, you know, Molly, younger girl, my daughter, Molly never had any issues with her, but a couple of times, again, I can remember Rex Bell sticking his hand in my truck and Coop was curled up on the front seat and I don't know what he did to her. He says he rubbed her ears and his hand was bleeding. So <laughs> maybe she was sleeping. I don't know. Um, memories. We got to travel with D3 TV and the DVD series. Man, we got to go lots and lots of places. And definitely, unless there's a, unless I'm going to say there's a third one. Coot always traveled with me, so whether wherever we went, Coot was with me. But the, as far as retrieving goes, it was her first ocean. We were, and actually, we, we were in the 21 TDB. 21 TDB. We were in the 21 banks with our good friend, Brian Rhodes, the Swampers, the Swampers, out of Rhode Island, and took I took my boat up there, and Coot retrieved Eider in the ocean, and I just remember flat out, she hadn't done it here in Maryland. We were because Chesapeake Bay, we were always in the bay, not in the ocean here yet, and so that definitely the the Eiders, I can almost see it from here, um, but yeah. I just remember the water being crystal clear, being able to see what I think was like 25, 30 feet, at least being able to see, you know, things on the bottom. I remember asking Brian Rhodes about sharks, and he said, nope, no worries, which, again, I got a booger story about sharks. But, yeah, coot retrieving on the ocean, eider that I shot. We filmed it, and that's, that is definitely a, a memory above and beyond you know, what she did here in Maryland. And then, I guess because I'm a sea duck guy, maybe the eider holds a little higher place than my next story. But in Manitoba, on the Delta Marsh, Coot was retrieving canvasbacks. And that's another very vivid memory to me. And a side note to this vivid memory I can remember this very, very vivid, vivid memory. Man, I sound horrible today. I'm sorry. Uh, a vivid memory that her fur was moving. I'm looking at her like, what's what's going on with your hair, man? There was this big old about a four-inch leech that was like crawling up her back. And I'm like, holy moly. So um, and I think I think we found, I think I, I can recall a second one, but definitely like we're sitting there and like her, her fur's moving. I'm like, what is going on there? So, yeah. Eider, Rhode Island with Brian Rhodes, and the Delta Marsh shooting canvas backs way back in the day, Scott Barnby's Black Duck Outfitters. So those are probably my two most memorable times, experiences with Coot. Uh, like I said, she always was with me. So whether we went to Florida, excuse me, whether I drove to Florida or drove to New Brunswick in the in the Eider season in February. Uh, drove to Prince Edward Island 
uh, Jeff Wood in December of 2011 for the first time. Whoa, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Sorry, I'm done with the podcast. I'm actually sitting here editing. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me right at the very end. Like, I was actually really kind of ready to say, yeah, it's it's done. It's complete. Jeff Wood, December 2011. How could I forget this? I'm old. That would be That would be probably my best excuse. But Jeff Wood, Coot retrieved my first hour. Not your, not, I can't say hour. My, ref, my first Barrows Goldeneye on the East Coast. And on that same hunt along was your dog, Sprig, who sadly is not with us, just like Coot is not with us today. So, man, my mind. I apologize, Jeff. You allowed Coot to stay in your house. And we talked about this in podcast 30. Was Who was it? I, I think Bristol was with me. Probably, I would bet Diamond was with my mom. Bristol was a young dog. I remember it snowed. I remember having like a rope or a cable or something on my trailer hitch. Uh, Bristol stayed in the topper, as I recall, and you allowed Coot to stay in your house. Hey, I was in my orange sleeping bag. I love my orange sleeping bag. Today, I still have my orange sleeping bag. But um, we put a sheet down on the bed in your spare room. There was nothing wrong with your house, nothing wrong with your bed. I just love... Plus, you didn't have to horse the sheets or do anything like that, right? You didn't have to make anything because I'm in my sleeping bag. And we put a big sheet down, quilt down on top of the bed so Coot's hair... Uh-oh, there's my phone. Coot's hair was not an issue. So, Jeff Wood, I apologize to you, my friend. I apologize to you. Thank you very much. Coot did retrieve on Prince Edward Island, Canada. And that was the furthest east that she retrieved birds, and it was, like I said, my first East Coast Barra's Gold Knight. Jeff Wood, thank you very much. You know, Coot always going to Dominic Martins to Quebec. Coot went, Coot went, Coot went. Coot went all the way to Saskatchewan, all the way back. Uh, Ohio many times. I'm trying to think of the places that I would have driven. Um, hunt tests. Hunt tests and field trials in Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. We did the World Retriever Championship in 2005 in Southeast Kansas. Hunt test in New Jersey. Two years in a row was the New Jersey Waterfowl Association Gun Dog of the Year with the Perpetual Trophy. I got to keep it for two years, and her name's on that. Diamond's name's on it also the third year. I kind of took Coot out, so Diamond would win. Um, Coot performed, man. I, I won... I won the uh, Barnegat Bay, uh, New Jersey decoy show. Won that won that dog retrieving contest twice. Um, she was runner up in some some gun dog contests. She was a trained animal, an awesome animal, awesome animal. My training was suspect. And oh wait a second, I'm going to keep going. Hunt test in New York. Hunt test in New York. Yep, a couple hunt tests in New York. Um, Stewart Air Park, all the way up to Syracuse. So we did those. 
trying to think what else. Where else did she retrieve? Lake, not Lake Erie, but Lake Ontario. Um, yeah. So Richard Barnes, Jeff. Quite often, the first dog we get. I'm not doing a good Richard Barnes impersonation. The first dog we get is our best dog, and we don't know anything. His first dog was Shadow. We didn't. We don't know what we have, and we don't know what we're doing. But the dog makes up for us, and I truly feel that with Coot. Like, you know, I could I could make some mistakes with her, with training, and she didn't care. She would just come back stronger. And um, I got to say, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think a Coot, especially because I got there's pictures and paintings. There's she's all over the place here. She truly is. Yeah, she truly is. I want to um, catch up with Scott Moody. I'd like to do a nice little on the on cducks.com and pitbosswaterfowl.com. I'd like to do um, kind of a, like a, a dog memorial type area that we can just, it's kind of some of the things I've just told you. All the dogs can be there, at least with one picture of them. And I uh, would just like them to, them to be remembered. I always say, sadly, our dogs, special retrievers, especially labs, I'll say Chesapeake's also, get way too old, way too fast. So, yeah, that's Coot Memories. I'm looking at the the one of her holding a Brant right now. Yeah. Oh, here's a quick look. Me thinking of the Brant. Here's, here's a memory. Um, the one spot where the blind is, very shallow water, the shoal. Like Coot, I'm, and I know everybody says, man, my dog would do this, my dog would do that. If Coot could hear me and she could see me, I, I can remember her going easily. Well, she would do, in training, she would do 400-yard marks for field trials. So that, that wasn't an issue. But in a real gunning situation, I remember standing up on the boat to get as tall as I could before I had the blind there. And she just went across, she went across that shoal easily 300 yards to get a brand you know, blow the whistle, stop, cast her, blow the whistle, stop, cast her. And she was smart enough to know if, you know, she trusted me that if I sent her, there was something I was sending her for. So I just uh, recently came across some old pictures, um, came across Dave Widener's 2004 video. I got that up on YouTube. If you want to go check it out, the pictures aren't on YouTube, but the, the old video is youtube.com forward slash Jeff Coates, C-O-A-T-S, or forward slash, you know, Pitboss Waterfowl. Um, you just have I have really, really good memories. I don't want to be that guy that lives in the past, but the past is is who we are too. So I mean, I I gotta, you know, I just, I I feel like I gotta remember them because they're they've been a big part of my life, and they're a big part of my life. They have been, and Rye is. I got plans. Karen and I have plans for her. I like to breed her, and yeah. Dogs, dogs, and dogs. It's the old ducks, dogs, and decoys. <laughs> the old ducks, dogs, and decoys saying. Somebody promised me I was going to be able to have that webpage, and yeah, they just backed out and never gave me ducks, dogs, and decoys.com. <laughs> mm. All right. Thoughts, comments, questions? I've rambled for probably enough. I'm, if, this, if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you're listening to this, if you want to go on YouTube, 
I'll have this podcast on YouTube, and I think I'm going to just kind of pull up all the videos that I can find a coot. That's one regret, too. Another, another layer of regret. Just wasn't, just wasn't, we weren't into social media then when she was, you know, in those early, two, in, in through the 2000s, right? I don't have as much video as, as what I have of everybody else. I do have a video of probably her, 100% of her first litter. And the second litter, too, I just, I just, I don't know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't, wasn't part of my daily, the social media was not as part of my daily life the way it is today. And, and YouTube and, and all that kind of thing. So I just, um, you know, I do feel bad about that, that the opportunity was there. And I, I was, I didn't tell Karen this, but I mean, when Rye has puppies, oh my goodness, we're going to have freaking hours and hours and hours of footage of Rye's puppies. <laughs> so uh, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. It's great memories. Um, you know, sadly, they're just, they're not here. They're not here for a long time. They're here for a good time, right? Was that how's that saying go? So, thoughts, comments, questions. Please feel free to leave them below. Don't forget about Patreon.com forward slash Jeff Coates. We're giving away a sea duck hunt for four people, four Patreons. So check that out, please, if you get a chance. Follow us. Keep up with us if you like the content on all the social media outlets and except for my one text message i'm surprised my phone didn't ring so kind of happy about that friday february 18th that's all i got thinking of you we are boom Gotta be against the law to look this damn good. Cause baby, I feel real good and I wish I would. It's gotta be against the law to look this damn good. Everybody, watch out. Watch out now. I'm ready for a good time and I can't.